My name's Sam, alcoholic. And uh, why don't we invite God in here and open with serenity prayer. God, God. grant me the serenity. So, so yesterday I, I, I told my story, you know, touched on two and three, uh, you know, my story's that first step, you know, and I mean, really what it is, is, uh, I, so like it was said yesterday, I've, I've, this is my first workshop I've ever ran. And, uh, so I got the call from Dan and I immediately call my sponsor and I go, what do I do? And he goes, I want you to just write an outline and pick out stuff from the book and then do it that way. And so I did that. And then when I get up here, uh, you know, my, my little plans and designs go. And I forget that I've written an outline. And, uh, you know, I just talk. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and follow that. Uh, my idea with this whole thing is, uh, you know, just go through the steps and, uh, you know, talk about my experience with the steps. I'm not someone who's a technical kind of guy. You know, why did Bill use the Oxford comma here rather than put it two words later? And that's going to be some big revelation in, uh, you know, give me new depth and weight to my program. I'm not that guy. I've been that guy. And, uh, and it just made me crazy. And, uh, you know, because, um, I mean, my, fundamentally, my problem is, uh, you know, self-obsession. Um, you know, I, as an alcoholic, I have two problems. One is when I drink, and the other is when I don't drink. And, uh, you know, what really comes out when I don't drink is an abnormal reaction to abstinence. You know, I have an abnormal reaction to alcohol. Certainly, I start drinking, I just go. But when I'm sober, something weird happens to me. You know, and that self-consciousness starts to tick, and that self-obsession starts to go. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, qu and there's a reason why I didn't talk about two and three really in depth. I think a lot of that stuff is, you know, t uh, 10, 11, and 12 kind of stuff. But um, so anyway, I'm, uh, you know, page, page 21, it says that, but what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker. And this is the key. This is the thing for me that makes me an alcoholic. But at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his, of his liquor consumption once he, once he begins, once he starts to drink. That's that phenomenon of craving. That's when I put alcohol into my body. I can't shut it off. You know, suddenly the sun's coming up. Everyone's gone to sleep, and I'm still there drinking. The other thing is uh, when I'm not drinking. Page 24, it says, The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. That's my mind. My mind takes me back to the first drink. My mind is the problem. And my mind will be treated through the 12 steps. Um, you know, step two for me was faith. Faith through hearing. I came in, I uh, started hearing people talk about Alcoholics Anonymous. 
And, uh, and I just became convinced that Alcoholics Anonymous would be able to work for me. I started identifying when people were talking about their stories, talking about how they felt when they were sober, talking about what their drinking was like. And through that hearing and reading the big book, I began to be convinced that maybe this thing would work for me too. And, um, you know, it says on page, uh, page 25, but we had saw that it really worked in others. You know, I, I saw members of Alcoholics Anonymous, they told stories about what they were like, and they, they weren't like that anymore. They were totally different. And I had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I had been living it. That was it. You know, my idea simply did not work, but the God idea did. And, um, you know, the third step, really, it's, uh, you know, it's simple for me. Uh, my life was ran by an idiot. You know, and I, I need to recognize that fact and get someone else to run it. And, uh, and it was really just making a decision to start that process, which I'll talk about four, five, six, uh, maybe seven. But page 14, it says, simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of light who presides over us all. So I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm someone, I, I mean, I need to be convinced of the fact that dr both drunk and sober, I cannot manage my own life. Uh, you know, my life is unmanageable to me. I mean, it was ran by an idiot. And, uh, you know, I was talking before, when I was newly, newly sober, um, and, uh, you know, and before when I was trying to be sober, before I tried to uh, take my own life, um, I, I was someone who's so afraid. I mean, just dominated by fears, anxieties, all that kind of stuff. I couldn't walk outside. I was agoraphobic. You know, large crowds of people. You know, it's, I didn't want to do that. I, I had times where I was sitting in the, in the car. You know, I, need, I desperately need food, right? Um, and, I, and I can't go into the grocery store because there, there's all those people. So that's me sober. And uh, that's me trying to manage my own life. That's me running my life. And, um, you know, I got to be convinced that that both drinking, I can't do it, and sober, I can't do it. And, um, you know, and I just, uh, I just, I just, I started taking that action, you know. My first sponsor was, I mean, made it real, real simple. You know, am I convinced of A, B, and C, that I'm an alcoholic, I can't manage my own life, uh, that probably no other human power could relieve me of my alcoholism, and that God could and would if he were sought. doesn't mean find, it just means seek. Am I willing to take that action? Am I willing to work with this conception, however inadequate, of God? Am I willing to just step and just start doing Alcoholics Anonymous? And what that means is, am I willing to have a home group? Am I willing to show up for a service commitment? Am I willing to have, you know, five meetings a week or seven meetings a week, whatever my sponsor wants? Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to follow his directions? And that's how that stuff began to change. I didn't come in here believing in God or anything like that. I just believed that there was something happening in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I believed in the hopelessness and futility of my life, both drunk and sober. And, uh, and, I, and I just started taking those actions. And, um, you know, and all that stuff has grown through the 11th step over time. But... What, it was, what was told to me when I was new was that, um, you know, that third step decision really is just going through 
the, the steps. That's how that consciousness of that power is going to come to me. That's how that spiritual awakening is going to come to me. That's what it means in C. God could and would if he were sought. That's the seeking. And that's all I have to do. This, this is a simple, simple program. Really, what it is, is that I am separated from you through these resentments, these fears, these sec, you know, sexual harms, these harms I've done other people. I'm separated from you, and that manifests in, you know, I'm, uh, I'm afraid of you. You know, I've got this extreme self-consciousness. You know, that, what are you thinking about me? What am I doing with my hands? You know, all that kind of stuff. What do they think about me? That feeling of apart from. All of those are manifestations of the way that I'm separated from you. And to the same extent that I'm separated from you through these resentments, these fears, and these harms, is the exact same extent I'm separated from this power greater than myself. And once I remove that separation between you, that power will just naturally flow in, regardless of what I believe about it, regardless if I think it will happen, regardless of how I feel about it, it will just come in. And, um, you know, that's, that's just how it works. I mean, simple, simple stuff. So on page 62, it says selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Now, I believe it's my own personal belief. You can believe whatever you want. I think that is the problem of humanity as a whole, that they're selfish and self-centered. And uh, that's why we have these various religions that talk about, you know, these spiritual principles like helping other people and, and all that kind of stuff. There's an alienation naturally towards man, right? Because I stand there and the horizon is where I see it. And here is where I am. And there is where I'm not. You know, just the way the language is constructed makes me the center of the universe. So why does it say that? That selfish and self-centeredness is the root of my trouble. Because selfish and self-centeredness, this self-obsession is going to drive me back to a drink. My real problem is that when I pick up a drink, I can't shut it up. I'm an alcoholic. That's the thing that separates me from everyone else. And uh, their, you know, their self-obsession is going to drive them to religion or a psychiatrist or, you know, a piece of pie or whatever. But mine's going to drive me back to a drink. So I got to be rid of those various, you know, manifestations of self. And that's what that fourth step is talking about. Um, page 64 says, being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what has defeated us. We considered its common manifestations. That's all I'm doing in that fourth step. And uh, I'm someone who, uh, you know, when I was brand new, I had a lot of fear over the fourth step. A lot of fear, not, not over the, I think laziness over the fourth step, because it's like you got to like do something. It's, it's been great so far. Like all I have to do is read something, you know, say a little prayer. You know, that's, I can do that. But now I got to actually like do something. I got to go buy a notebook. I got to find a pen. You know, it's a lot of work. I got to like write it down. Um, but I had a lot of fear over that fifth step. Not because I'd done anything particularly bad. Like there's, you know, they weren't going to name a new sin after me. And if you, have, if you have fear over the fifth step, you know, it's all been done before. You know, thousands of times by thousands of, of other people. 
You know, there's a whole history of people doing bad things to other people. But um, I just, I had a lot of fear over that. And, um, you know, and so I didn't write that first fourth step. I was sitting on a fourth step. And what it says in the book is that we're going to drink again if we don't do this. I mean, that's it. And that is true to my experience. Um, you know, I made a, I made a decision. I, I don't think I made a decision. I don't really think you make decisions as an alcoholic to pick up a drink. I believe that the obsession hits you. Uh, or you're driven back to that drink. You become so uncomfortable in your sobriety, you're driven back to the drink. And uh, I couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I had that suicide attempt and that moment of clarity. And so when I came back in, he wants, my first sponsor wanted me to write that, for, that fourth step, that re- start that resentment list. And, um, you know, and I, I did it, sort of. And, uh, but there was this girl which is never a good start to a story. But uh, there was this girl, and, uh, you know, so I just skipped town to uh, go be with this girl. I moved, like, three states over there, just in the middle of the night, too. I'm not someone that, like, runs my decisions by a sponsor. Um, And uh, so I go in the middle of the night. I get in so much pain. I maybe was there for about two months, and I just got in so much. I was going to meetings every day and all that kind of stuff, but got in so much pain that I, uh, I wrote that inventory. And it was, I believe, at when I was new, it was, I think I had 17 names. And, um, you know, just totally, aff- and most of them were imagined. You know, not a lot of people had done a lot of stuff to me. It was just, all of it was kind of imagined. And, um, you know, I had so much fear around that, though. And, um, you know, but, but the resentments, uh, you know, it says that resentments are the number one offender, right? And, uh, you know, and I think that's true. Um, I th- actually, I think that laziness might be the number one offender, you know, because I'm not even going to do anything. But resentment's the number one, one offender. Um, but that fear, that fear, that evil and corrosive threat, I mean, that really has dominated my sobriety. I mean, really. And that's the thing that will, dr- that will pick up that resentment. You know, fear is going to activate that resentment. See, with fear, I'm not going to walk out and, and go, I, I might, but with fear, it's just going to prevent me from, from living life, right? That's why it says fear should be classed with stealing, right? It robs me of experience. It's going to prevent me from living life. I'm not going to go approach that girl that I find attractive. I'm not going to go for that job because I don't deserve it. I'm not going to do this because I'm too afraid. What if I get overwhelmed? You know, all, all that kind of stuff. But resentment, you know, that's going to come in. That's going to block me off from God, and I'm going to go drink again. So, for me, and in my experience, um, the first three columns of the inventory process um, is just kind of, I can't really do anything about that. You know, that's just my natural kind of state. I'm uh, someone who, uh, you know, really believed, honestly believed um, that when I was getting in trouble in school or trouble with the police or, you know, you know whatever, I, I thought that it was just everyone else's problem. They were all picking, why are you guys all picking on me all the time, you know? I mean, I was, a, I, my natural state is like a victim 
Like, you know, I naturally just go to a victim. I mean, it's almost, I, I thought that, like, you know, the fates were spinning these threads to constantly put me in a position to be harmed. You know, I, I felt as if people just naturally didn't like me. They naturally, you know, um, I was just a victim all the time. So those first three columns, you know, really list out how much of a victim I am, how much the world has really wronged me, and how, you know, how terrible my life has been. And specifically, I'll get specific here, is uh, I had a resentment against my mother, my father, and the doctor who delivered me. And then basically every other person I'd encountered my entire life, up until that point I wrote that inventory. Um, but uh, that was a little later on. I, was, I wrote a, uh, a 600 and I think it's 636 uh, item inventory. Um, you know, I really wanted to be exhausted. All of them was basically was imagined, but I mean, all of it came down to self-pity. Um, you know, I really thought that I was a victim. And um, so anyway, I, I had my mother, my father, and the doctor delivered me. And, uh, you know, my mom... I uh, was a single parent. I never knew my father. I only learned his name after I got sober. I only learned about him after I got sober. Um, and and the, the doctor who delivered me, I was, I was uh, born, when I was born, I had an injury at birth. I got stuck in the birth canal. They yanked in, and what it's called, it's Herb's palsy. It's a palsy of the left arm. And um, so I was someone who immediately, when I was growing up, felt this separation from, from other kids. Now, I don't think that's the root of my alcoholism or anything like that. I'm just saying that was how it was. And um, so I've got these three columns. And what the book tells me to do with that is uh, it's on page 67, 66 and 67. says, we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoings of others, fancied, which a lot of the time is mine, or real, had power to actually kill. Fancy being like I imagined it, you know, I just made it up. And it says uh, on 67, in my opinion, you're not looking for your part. Um, it was explained to me that, you know, if I take this piece of paper, this is all my part. This is the, the harm. And I rip off a little part of it. And now that's my part, but there's still all your part. You know, I've got this little teeny part, but there's all this stuff that I'm justified in what, I, what you had done to me. And I still hold on to that resentment. So I'm not looking for my part in the fourth column. I'm looking, and this is what the book says, where were we to blame? Where was I to blame? So I have my, my job in that fourth column, and this is where the freedom of the fourth step comes. This is why I'm talking about with my mother and father, is the freedom comes in getting outside of my perspective and looking at it from an entirely different angle, pivoting, turning around. I mean, it's, it's as if I'm in the courtroom and I move from the defendant's box over to the prosecutor's box. Now there's one event that has transpired, but there's two different angles from it. And so my job is to get outside that. And the only way I can do that is, is through God. That's the only way I can do it. So when, when I'm looking at my mother, it's like I got to see who she was. She was an alcoholic. She is an alcoholic. She had a failed marriage. You know, she, 
you know, all this kind of stuff. And I looked at her and I began to see that I'm, a, I'm like her, you know, in that way. I'm an alcoholic. I, you know, I don't want someone to blame me for, you know, my, you know, terrible behavior. I want to be able to come to them in an ideal situation, come to them, make restitution for what it was, you know, fix that, and, and some forgiveness happens, right? But I'm still holding my mom in this place of unforgiveness, the same way with my father, you know, um, the same way with this, uh, you know, this doctrine, and all that kind of stuff. And so when I began to look at it, I don't even need the, to have this fifth step yet. I mean, the transformation occurs for me between the third column and the fourth column when I'm looking at an entirely different angle. And I'm getting a new perspective on it and, uh, you know, a, a new pair of glasses. And, uh, and I see this stuff totally, totally new. And so I began to see that those people that had wronged me were like me. You know, they're imperfect. I mean, I hold everyone to this high standard. You know, I got a lot of love in my life from my family, you know, from you know, women, but I want more, you know, it's, it's not enough, you know, your focus needs to be 100% on me, and if it's not, you know, I got a resentment, you know, and so I got to get rid of that stuff, and I do that with this process, this various manifestations of self, and, um, you know, and looking at that fear inventory, right, it says that fear is that, is, uh, it says this short, this is on 67, it says this short word, somehow touches about every aspect of our, of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through, through with it. And that was me. I mean, why did drinking, why did, why did I find the magic elixir in drinking? I mean, that magic potion that went down and it solved everything. It allowed me to step out in life because I was so fear. I'd built my life on a foundation of fear. Selfish and self-centered, and I built it on a foundation of fear. And um, so I need to, uh, you know, look at that stuff. I need to get rid of that stuff. It's because my self-reliance has failed me. That's the, I need to get rid of that stuff. And the only way I can do that is to know that it's happening, to know that it's going on. And, um, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, fear is something that still crops up for me, you know, on a daily basis. But I, I have a new way of life today. It's like that fear crops up, and it's like, all right, let's move through it. You know, let's walk through it. And, uh, and that's what I found in, uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous is, uh, you know, looking at that stuff, uh, realizing that it's there, and then sharing it with another man in that fifth step. What I've seen is that power of identification. You know, when I call, uh, and I'll talk more about this stuff later with the tenth step, but it's like, you know, when I call someone, uh, and tell them, let them know that, you know, uh, this is about a year ago, I was, you know, I had like a lot of debt, and I was just so full of fear over it, and I called, I called my friend, and he's like, you know, I tell him how much debt I'm in, and he's like, well, try 30,000, you know, and it's like, mine is small in comparison to him, and, uh, you know, and, and I've had examples of that all throughout, in all these different areas of my life, and that's where that fifth step really comes in, me me letting another person in and seeing that that I'm not alone in this, and um, you know I, I'm, I'm. The other thing is, is like I've had like teams of, uh, you know, 
I've had teams of psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, studying me and all that kind of stuff, and I'll tell them what's going on in my mind, you know, just how naturally what's happening in my mind, and they'll, they'll look at me like I'm a crazy person, you know, and, uh, and I say that very same thing in Alcoholics Anonymous, and people burst out laughing, you know, and uh, that's the thing. I mean, it cuts through that, that, that feeling of uniqueness, of apartness, of being alone, and, uh, and, it, and it really gets, it really, you know, it really hits me that I'm exactly like another person. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I, uh, I believe that I've only done one fourth step, I did the first fourth step, and, uh, and the rest has been 10 step inventories. That's, that's because I, I don't wanna be someone that has to come into Alcoholics Anonymous and like work the steps every year, like go through all 12 steps or whatever it is. I don't want to, I don't want that. And you know, and I believe, it's my belief that once I go through this process, all I'm doing for the rest of the time is, is cleaning it up in 10, 11, and 12. So I, my personal belief is that I went through that fourth step with Scott, you know, 12 years ago, and that since then I've just cleaned it up in 10 step, 10 step kind of stuff. And, uh, but for me, all I do is I list those fears, I get them on paper. Something magic happens to me when a uh, pen hits paper. And I can see that this stuff's really dominating me. And suddenly it's showing, it's showing why I'm doing this over in my life over here. You know, I'm running from that fear over here and it shows up over here in this relationship. Or, uh, you know, I'm chasing women over here because I don't want to look at, I don't want to look over here. And, uh, you know, and that fear, it really runs me. Um, you know, and my, my sex inventory, you know, um, it's extensive. No, I'm just joking. Um, I, uh, I really just, I just use women. I mean, that's really it. I just use women. And, uh, you know, I've, I've struggled with sex, uh, you know, in sobriety. And I'm sure a lot of men have. I've struggled with pornography in sobriety. Um, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've just, I've used women. And uh, I use them for love. Um, I want attention. Like I was saying, it's like, I, you know, um, I, I just need, I need the focus 100% on me. And if it, if it defers, it's, and if it gets off of me, I desperately want it back. You know, and so I'll just use women to get all that all that kind of stuff, and I, you know, I'll use women, and I gotta look at this stuff, too. Um, you know, it's, it's been different lately, um, but I'll use women, I'll just, and then I'll just discard them, and, um, you know, and I've done that in sobriety, I've, you know, I've cheated on people in sobriety, um, people, women, um, <laughs> I, uh, don't, I don't want you thinking something about me that's not true, but, uh, I, uh, you know, and I, I, so I got to look at that stuff, and um, you know, I uh, I'm I'm drawn towards uh, you know easy and dysfunctional women with very low self-esteem, and uh, you know uh, it fits my personality quite well. Um, I'm someone who I came in, and I was I was talking about this earlier with uh, another another guy. I came in, it was like you know low self-esteem would have been like great. I had no self-esteem, you know, and it's like, I mean, people would like look at me in the, I mean, I couldn't, I knew what your shoes looked like, I did not know what your face looked like, I mean, people would look at me and it was like, don't, you know, it's just like 
it just hit me and I can't be here. I got I to gotta get out of here. You know, there's a lot of bolting, just running and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, um, I, uh, what I'll say about this is, uh, what I'll say about sex is, uh, is my personal experience with this stuff is on page 70. It says, if sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. And I'll talk about all this kind of stuff on the 12th step, because it all comes together in 10, 11, and 12 for me. Uh, we think of their needs and work for him. This takes us out, out of ourselves. My problem is self. I would love to just be the guy that writes the inventory about myself, goes to the sponsor, reads the inventory about myself, goes to God in 6 and 7 and wants to improve myself, goes out into the world and then fixes all the damage that myself has caused, and then just goes about his life thinking about himself, happy, contented, never drinking again, not worrying about other people, but that's not me. Selfish and self-centered, that's the root of my problem. You know, I, the self-obsession comes and it hits me. And uh, the only solution I've found for that is, is working with another alcoholic. Um, so, you know, if you're struggling with, uh, you know, sex or anything like that, I mean, that's the solution that I've found. And now, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not up here telling you that, uh, you know, I'm some, that I'm not tomorrow. I mean, I used women last night when I got, when I got off this talk. I, didn't, I was thinking about my talk. I didn't really like it, you know, I, just all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I called them, used them, you know, wanted their attention, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not up here telling you that I'm somehow, you know, some saint or anything like that, or that tomorrow I'm not capable of doing something that I've done in the past. Um, Yeah, um, so the fifth step, my experience, I'd like to talk a little bit about when I was brand new and the, fe the fear, just fear. And like I said, they're not going to name a new sin after you. I mean, it's, it's just really, but I had so much fear over that. I want to talk about that and I want to talk about uh, what it's like now with the fifth step. Uh, and, you know, listening to another man's fifth step. But um, when I was brand new, I, you know, I had this inventory. I did the best I could. You know, I really did the best I could. I, I uh, you know, desperately tried in that fourth column. I tried to list all those fears. I tried to be thorough. And I went to my sponsor, and I remember this. He came over to my house where I was living at the time. He sat on the chair. I sat on the chair. And so much fear inside of me. And he, you know, he invited God in. And then he, then he told me that he, you know, he had... Uh, um, you know, paid for sex in sobriety, uh, that he had, uh, you know, stolen from his employer in sobriety. You know, he, he just told me the thing, the worst stuff about himself. And immediately, all that fear that I had around someone else really knowing me, because that's really what it is. I, I, you know, I'm not someone who, uh, you know, really wants you to know anything about me. I have an image that I put out into the world I have a character that I've developed, and I don't want you to penetrate past that. You know, I really don't want you to know me, and uh, I don't want you to see me. And, uh, and that's, that's really what that's about for me. And so he does that, and I, I'm able to do that fifth step. Now, when I walked out of that fifth step, my fear, like it says in the, in the book, my fears did not fall from my eyes, and I was standing hand in hand with my creator. I looked at my life, and I'm pathetic. I'm a loser, 
and uh, you know, and I treat people terribly, you know, in ways that they shouldn't be treated. I didn't feel good about myself. I felt terrible about myself. And um, you know, but what what happened with that is, uh, you know, I've had guys, I've had sponsors that have been placed in my life at the perfect perfect time. You know, when I'm struggling with something, they're struggling with something. When, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, when I'm going through, uh, you know, financial trouble, you know, what pops up is a cer uh, treasure position at my home group for two years, you know. And so it's, I, you know, it's, that's how I learned to live life, you know. Yeah, that's how I learned, yeah, two years, that's a long time. But uh, and it was a daily meeting, six days a week. Um, so that's how I learned to live life. That's how I learned. I learned it in Alcoholics Anonymous. I learned to manage money in Alcoholics Anonymous. I learned how to, you know, connect with another person in Alcoholics Anonymous. None of this is out of any virtue of myself. I mean, I do Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, not because I like you guys, although some of you might be very likable. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know you. Um, nor do I really care to know you. Um, I, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I do Alcoholics Anonymous because I don't want to drink again. Um, you know, I don't go to meetings because, uh, you know, all my friends are there. That's a byproduct. I like people that I like and, you know, I like talking to them. But I go there because where do they keep the alcoholics? You know, they, they're in AA meetings. They're in treatment centers. They're in detoxes. That's where the people are. That's where the alcoholics are. And I do that so I don't drink again. And that's why I work the steps. It's not because I'm like a good person and I want to be saintly. And I see at the 12th step that there's a spiritual awakening going to happen. Wow, you know, that sounds amazing. A spiritual awakening. You know, it's, no, I do it because I don't want to go back to drinking. And um, so I, I uh, you know, I did that first uh, inventory. I read that inventory to my sponsor. I didn't feel like I was on top of the world or anything like that. Uh, I, fi I felt like another man finally knew me. I felt like I had stripped away all that stuff that I put out in the world, and I stood naked before, before another person. You know, lit not literally, figuratively. Um, that would have been weird. Um, or erotic. Um, but anyway, I, uh, you know, I did that. I walked out, and I, and I just moved on with the steps. And what happened, though, is... Um, you know, when I'm taking guys through the book and listening to that inventory, you know, they, they, they struggle with the same stuff that I'm struggling with. They're, they're doing the same things that I'm doing. And suddenly, all that bad stuff about myself, those shameful things, those insecurities, you know, the, the fears that I have, the stuff that I don't want to tell other people, the, the stuff that I don't want other people to see, you know, I want people to see me as someone, you know, confident, like an alpha male, right? You know, I want them to see me like that. I don't want them to know that I, 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 I'm insecure about stuff. I don't want them to know that I struggle with, you know, uh, you know pornography. You know, I'd, I'd rather be a womanizer than struggle with porno pornography, right? It's like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I get these guys that start, and suddenly all these shameful, shameful things about myself, much like my alcoholism and all this sick stuff I did drinking, becomes useful to another man. And it, it allows them to be free, you know, and God to come in. 
when they see that they're not alone. I mean, I was in those treatment centers. I was going to meetings, and I felt so utterly alone. The aloneness that was just right here, right on me, just disconnected from everyone and feeling isolated amongst people. And uh, what happens is, is that kind of stuff. And that's really what my inventories are like today. I mean, I, uh, you know, I wrote an inventory uh, a week or two weeks ago. Uh, I think there was, a, so I mentioned that I had gone from 636 or something like that resentments. Last week I had one, you know, so it's, now I don't think there's any more difference of resentment. I think one's kind of crystal pointed at that in my thought where the other one's all diffuse. I think it's the same amount of energy. I think all of that stuff's going to take me out to drink unless I clean it up and get right with God. But I go to my sponsor and uh, I, I remember one time uh, driving around in my sponsor's car. I'm reading this inventory to him, and we're up by, uh, you know, Washington Park, uh, driving in those hills up by Washington Park, if you've been up there. And, um, you know, we're just talking back and forth. And I, I get to this fear that I, I f I'm, I'm afraid that someone will think that I'm a loser, you know. And, and he just stops me, and he goes, you know, you are a loser. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's, excuse me? Uh, what did you just say? Um, and he said, you know, you are a loser. You're complete and utter failure. And, uh, and he goes, but it's okay. I'm a loser too. And, um, you know, and being a loser, recognizing the fact that you're a loser, allows God in. I mean, that, I mean look at that. Alcohol, we're, we're so bad at drinking, we had to quit drinking, you know? And, I mean, we, we lost, you know, you're, this is, I mean, welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. For the rest of your life, there'll be aluminum chairs and, you know, uh, church basements, you know. You're a loser if no one's told you that, at least in that department of life. And it was, I mean, it was just like, it just clicked for me. It was one man sharing his experience with me, and suddenly I'm, I'm, a, I'm not alone in the universe. Suddenly I'm a part of life. You know, much like what drinking did. You know, what did drinking do to me? It put me into life. And that's what I found. When I was new, they used to always talk about how um, drinking did for you quickly what Alcoholics Anonymous will do for you slowly. But that sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, you take a few steps, that stuff will come in. You know, you take a few actions, that sense of ease and comfort will come in. Everything that drinking did for you, you can have in Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, you know, and I started doing it. So, um, that's currently what, what it looks like. Uh, you know, I have struggles in my life that I go through. Uh, you know, I have, um, and, I'll, and recently, I'll, be, I'll just get current with you. Recently, and be honest with you, recently it's just been women. You know, it's just been women. What do they think about me? And, uh, you know, I mentioned yesterday about the way I treat people in my life. I had uh, shacked up with some girl, um, and she was, uh, I hope she's not listening to this tape, but I had shacked up with some girl, and she was, um, uh, you know, cooking. You know, she kept a good house, basically. I'm lazy. I don't like to cook. Um, and if God had removed the fear of being alone, I wouldn't have been with her. 
Now, I liked her company and stuff like that, but I, you know, not really attracted to her. It was really just, I needed someone, and she kept a good house. So I moved in with her, and, um, you know, for a, a while, and uh, eventually, just one day, I just packed up all my stuff and just left. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she called and uh, started crying and stuff like that, but she kept she kept coming back to me, and it's like, I, I have to go to my sponsor with that. You know, I have to look at that, that kind of stuff. It's, uh, you know, and I'm not someone that's like, you know, 12 years sober and, you know, on top of the world. I have successes in some areas of my life, and then other areas of my life are complete train wrecks. And, um, you know, but the more I throw myself into Alcoholics Anonymous, it fixes it fixes that stuff. So I go to my sponsor with this, and he tells me the same story. He's done the same thing that I've done, you know. And I've, uh, you know, I use I use women, um, and uh, you know, I'm not proud of it, but um, you know, I'm a lot better than I was, and um, you know, and that's something to be said. Um, I'm going to talk briefly on six. And we'll talk about 7, 8, 9, maybe 10 later this afternoon. So the sixth step in the, 12, in the big book, that's a short, you know, that's short, right? So I, what, what happens to me is, uh, you know, I write this inventory and my sponsor asks me, okay, so what, what can you identify one defect, two defects, three defects that are in operation here? And for the, for the life of me, I can't do it. You know, I desperately need... A power greater than myself and I desperately need an outside perspective so half the time it's like yeah I don't know and then he tells me that you know you're so smart but you're such an idiot and um, you know you're so articulate but you can't you don't know anything about yourself and um, so what happens in six for me is uh, just becoming willing to have the, this stuff removed. And so what I do specifically is I write them on a note card. I look at them every day. Um, the one that I'm working with right now is uh, never, never miss an opportunity to make myself look like an idiot. If w an opportunity does not, um, does not present itself, I will manufacture one. So I look at that, I ask God for the removal, I ask the willingness for God to remove this from me. And, um, you know, and six is just, I mean, it's real simple. Uh, you know, the 12 and 12 talks about we're not going to be rendered white as snow. I need to get that idea out that I'm going to somehow be perfect. Uh, but, but it also says that we start striving towards perfection. That's something that I need to start moving. I need to start moving towards that. And... Um, so I look at those, uh, that stuff, I write it down, and I ask for the willingness. And we'll talk specific, it's that simple. I mean, this stuff is not complicated, it's not rocket science, you know. Um, and we can, t I'll talk more about seven, because seven, uh, when, when we come back, seven is where the rubber really meets the, meets the road for a guy like me. But, um, yeah, I just ask God. I just, in prayer, I ask God for the willingness to have this to let him remove this. And, um, you know, I, I really have to get clear on what exactly these defects are. You know, why exactly do I constantly want to have women's attention? Why exactly I want to, want to have this stage, you know, this stage character, all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, once I get clear with that stuff in six, then God can come in and remove it in seven. So we'll talk about that later. Um, thank you. <laughs>